0: Welcome to SBCA's Lumber Connection podcast, where we discuss today's market and explore tomorrow's trends. Here's our host, Molly Butts.
1: Hello and welcome to Lumber Connection. It's the week of May 2nd, 2022, and I'm back in the studio with my regular experts, Justin Binning and Ken Timmons. Both Justin and Ken are from American International Forest Products, or AIFP. Welcome back to the podcast, gentlemen.
0: Hey, Molly, how are you?
1: Good, good. You guys?
0: Great. Happy to be here. Yeah, good,
1: good,
2: good. We just finished our wettest April and month here in Oregon. Oof. Um, and today it has not rained. It has been glorious. All right. Yes. It's
1: similarly sunny here, and I will say a lot of us really needed it. It's been gray and wet here as well. So, yeah. Well, here's what's on my mind today, guys. This is another week where <laughs> I'm really glad that I'm the host and not the expert because I'm kind of looking forward to you guys shedding some light on what's happening in the lumber market. I understand there's still plenty of discussion uh, regarding the effect of the higher interest rate, you know, what it's had, the effect it's had and the effect it will have going forward. Transportation is, I don't know, is is abysmal too strong. Um, I don't know. Obviously, the Ukraine situation heightened and, you know, even the continued covid outbreak in china all have a seat at this table um so i guess with those topics in mind i'm gonna hand it over to you guys to give us an update on the lumber market
0: dibs on going first gotcha (laughs) feed suggested um oh man yeah yeah yeah. gotcha molly it is i would just say in general it is a sneaky market it's sneaky strong when it gets weak it's been sneaky weak um, okay. you know, it reminds me of you're having fun at the beach and then a rip current takes you out, you know, fifty feet and you're flailing your arms and freaking out and screaming back at the beach, like what happened? We were just having so much fun. Imagine if you were Pete Kimmins. And Timmins, and Tim and he would be sneaky Pete. <laughs> Sorry. It's <laughs> completely correct. I don't know.
2: Just it was, good. It was there. I had to I
0: just say it. Uh <clears throat> it's it's an interesting market. Here's kind of from a big picture macro perspective. Uh, winter weather is fleeting. It was a late winter. There are a lot of markets that have been very, very wet and not framing as much that are waking up with that. You know, there's more demand that's coming on those snow bearing markets. They might not have been, um, bearing snow the last month, but certainly have been, um, not in the meat of their spring building season where we really should be. I mean, this part of the calendar is where nationally our building should be the strongest. May, June, July, before it gets too hot in some spots. Transportation is, I would say, more available from my desk, but it is still very expensive, like Justin was just saying. You got to pay up. Rates have not come down. I am happy to say cars off the West Coast are starting to get a little bit better. Mills are getting a touch more equipment. Where in weeks past you know, you'd order 20 cars and you'd get six or scale that to the size of your mill. But now it sounds like, okay, you know, we're playing a little bit of catch up here and there's there's equipment to go around. So that's good news. There's a lot of people forecasting for a very, very strong year. And even listening to the economic advisors or the, the market research folks, it seems like even with, you know, if things get a little rocky nationally for the US, our space in the economy should remain fairly strong for the next two or three years. I do find it interesting. Obviously, anyone who is a sharp user of their funds and a smart borrower and lender is paying close attention to mortgage rates. I do hate to report to some of the listeners. I have, I'm have i 27 years old myself. A lot of my peers are in the home buying market and a half point on the interest rate will not spook them, right? They are went yeah. through COVID, they're living with mom and dad, and whether they pay a little bit more to get out of that house, they're going to do it. So I do think, while that's a very important thing for you know someone who's a more established adult, maybe considering a investment property, a rental property, a home like that, um, I don't think those first-time homes that millennials are going to be needing, I don't think we're going to see a, a massive drop-off in the demand for manufactured components and newly built single-family construction homes over the next few years. I think even if things get a little choppy financially in the U.S. economy, I think- regardless, especially in a lot of these developing markets where listeners are kinda of stationed, I think we're still gonna maintain a strong level of demand for years to come. You know, and it aligns with what I'm seeing. I see a lot of really big inquiries coming in. Multifamily guys are, are stepping in, starting to buy some wood. The big box, you know, home centers have been kind of holding back as you would expect. There's nothing revolutionary in that idea. I mean treaters haven't really been buying much because of home centers are old enough. So the pipeline definitely has a lot of orders to be filled and there's guys looking to fill them relatively quickly. Trucks trucks are a, a huge value to anyone's business. If you're waiting for rail cars or logistics, you know, I think everyone's getting a little sick of hearing their broker say, Hey, it's stuck at the reload, or hey, this car's waiting on equipment, or nope, that container can't be stripped yet, or someone got COVID. or you know, lots of guys are choosing to invest a premium dollar in getting stronger logistics by truck right now.
2: Yeah, I think um, Kenny hit on a ton of valid and solid points. I, I agree with, with pretty much everything. I measured pace and kind of approach the market has really been the feel over the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, we found some support levels on many products. However, the, the follow through has been relatively lackluster on the majority of it. the Nine foot studs have certainly been a standout. Those have been our, our highest and uh, quickest gainer over the last uh, uh, few weeks here. So that's been good. But again, just very measured a pace. So when we talk about yellow pine in particular through the South, really feels like a pretty good balance between supply and demand right now. Um, the the end buyer right now definitely feels it's more of a just in time model, no pun. It's just it it really lacks any sort of conviction, right or or follow through. And I think again. You know Molly and Ken, we've talked about this week after week, but these all these external factors that are that are weighing so so heavily on us. And you brought up a few of those um, in your in your opening statement there. But that's what a lot of people are thinking about. Um, obviously, we saw an increase in interest rates today. I think don't think anybody was necessarily surprised, but um, it's it's you know it's the largest single move in you know 20 years, so it's not irrelevant. And to Ken's point on single family, I may disagree a little bit with him on that, um, or the economic advisors or whatever. And again, I'm just a basic lumber broker. But, um, you know, when you look at the average median home price now, cresting, you know, just under $400,000 and the cost to borrow money at where it is, even though historically speaking, it's extremely low, I just think there's a lot of uneasiness in the forward months. And everyone that's partaking in the market right now is really looking only a few feet ahead of them the shipping that Ken touched on is absolutely correct we're seeing better movement however we're seeing other spots that weren't affected over this last year that are now being affected right you know so you've got some tight spots and lack of cars in through the uh, South Midwest some mills that are located there in the inland are struggling to get cars as well uh, we're seeing you know mill order files. Uh, out of, you know, some spots out of Eastern Canada, ranging four weeks, but then it's like, you can buy that car for four weeks out, but it may take another four weeks past that for shipment. So anybody interested in some June lumber right now, right? At these, you know, at this level, it's kind of a tough sale. So I know when Ken touched on the other point, it's like, what can I get quick, right? Correct. So when I go to that just-in-time buying mentality, again, that supports that that kind of narrative i guess but this week is again you know i said this is the third time kind of a more measured pace it's just hesitancy there's just not there's no uh passion in the trade i guess but with that said um you know there's a lot of these price levels are much much more digestible than they have been and um so it keeps people coming to the trough a little bit more often at the same time um, but but availability has not really been a factor in terms of uh whether that's mill mill availability or on the secondary market. You need to buy wood there's a good chance you're going to be able to get some quotes and and uh we've obviously lived in a day and age here in recent history that that wasn't always the case. but today you can pick up the phone and you're going to get some quotes There's a battle going on out there, and who wants the order the most but overall, you know i had the pleasure of being on the road last week the first part of the week, the first three days, visited a couple sawmills, um, visited some customers. The story that we've been hearing and the story that we've been telling with low inventories, um, at least from a customer side, we saw some large, large uh, customers. And I was shocked about the lack of inventory physically on their yard. You usually you're out on somebody's yard or something. It's kind of like you're walking through this you know, 20-foot tower maze of stacked units on each other and I'm at one of the largest dealer yards in the South and they had like a truck and a half of studs out there. They had, I mean, just minimal, minimal product. And I said, what, you know, what do you got? He's like eh, 30, 45, maybe on some stuff. That's about what, all I can get. Now they had 20 cars on order, but based on their, on their outbounds per day, that'll last them a week. Right. A week and a half. And so, again, it it goes back to my point of this need of constantly kind of staying in the market and needing to get wood because it's very difficult to gain business, earn business, sell lumber if you don't have any flat yeah. out. So, yeah. I wasn't shocked, but I was shocked, if that makes right. any sense. Like, yep. like I know that I've heard that, but when you're really standing there, were, seeing it feeling it, you weren't surprised. You were, I wasn't surprised, you but it was still surprising to just not see what you're, you yeah. would normally you see. To. Yeah. So anyways, I think overall right now, that's probably the best synopsis that I can give. You know, a lot of attractive numbers, a um, lot of uncertainty, a lot of need still in the market, but real no real conviction moving past, um, you know, even the month of May right now, at least from my desk. So I look for the trade to be relatively choppy and through the South with yellow pine, pretty much on four inch, up through 12 inch, I think 12 inch will continue its uh, its decline um, in pricing. Although there's some items that are tight that are bringing a large premium if you talk longer lengths. Um, so that's something to be cognizant of. The trade when you when you talk MSR versus other species is a significant discount to any other species in yellow pine specific. So if you talk spruce, dug fir, um, pine is going to be the value. And so there's folks that have taken notice to that, and uh, which leads us to you know, tougher to cover more volume on stress-grade material out of the South. And I think that's going to be a longer-term trend, too. And I've thought this for years. As the Canadians lose production and we have less Western Canadian wood coming into the market, the investment has obviously been in the South and we will continue to see pine become more of a regular mainstay in people's yards that historically it hasn't been. So continuing to see the growth of yellow pines spread throughout the country, both in through the Northeast, Midwest, um, and even Western states all the way into California. Anyways, so that's kind of it from my desk, I guess.
1: Okay. So I've been taking notes while you guys have been telling us some of these yeah. things. I've got words like sneaky and choppy. And you'll recall from one of our guests a couple of weeks ago, the word spongy, which neither of you guys like.
2: Thank you for bringing it up. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: sorry, I have to. It's like those other words people don't like. And I'm going to I'm going to be vulnerable with you guys because I trust you and uh, also our audience. So I'm being vulnerable with our whole audience today. Yeah. I feel like I sometimes really have to just take a step back and admit that, yes, I am the host and no, I am not the expert. So, you know, I'm doing my best to take this information in. I ho- I, I think some of our members and and some of our other listening audience probably are in the same boat. So that's why I'm going to ask this. What I feel like is kind of a lumber 101 question, I guess, because I don't know that I have a full or a true handle on lumber trading. And I think educating our listeners is a, you know, part of what we're doing here, right? So when I look at reports of lumber costs, which we don't talk about, obviously, for lots of reasons, specifics anyway, especially like composite numbers, they're somewhat steady. I mean, they're going up some, they're coming down some, but when you start breaking the species up and looking at various costs, like there can be huge spreads, hundreds and hundreds of dollars (laughs) of spreads between the costs. I just don't like that. I don't understand how that happens. You know how how there can be a, a, a five or six hundred dollar difference from week to week. You know between our recordings. Can you guys explain that a little bit? Yeah,
2: sure, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh,
0: and, and
1: the baton you, you is guys passed. can't see
0: the game of nose goes we just played well, in here.
2: Well, I can I can help a little yeah. bit, but um, Mills producing a product, right? Um, the run of the machine. It's a Hopefully. machine. It's, it's built for one thing only, and that is to produce lumber. The logs come in. They have a cost. It's a business. This thing's got to move. And so it, it becomes down to a supply and demand, and uh, that ultimately will set the price of what that value of that, that wood should be. Now, we've had extreme volatility like we've never seen before, record high prices, breaking records week after week after week. When things rise like that, at least in in lumber, they're going to kind of fall like that and actually probably at a faster pace. They've got to keep it moving. Bottom line, right? The sawmills employ people. They don't run. Nobody works. Sawmills not profitable. You've got your overall cost, obviously, to run. Mills mills have that figured out. Everybody's is, is a little bit different, different parts of the country, or if you're up north in Canada, costs change. But bottom line, they've got a product that's being produced daily, millions of board feet annually, and it needs to go right? It has to sell. And so the the market will dictate and the demand will dictate what that price is. And it constantly is is changing, which is one of the draws and one of the things that I enjoy about being in this business business and and industry and and specifically in the wholesale side is it's different every day. Now, some days feel a lot like the last day, uh, but every market's different. Every run's a little bit different. And that's cool. And that's exciting. And that's one of the things I enjoy about being in this business. That was so clean.
0: Golly. <laughs> um, yes. To make a, a kind of a lame metaphor with Amalia, just because you're asking about how, you know, how come every time we record it's different or it's trending in a different way or the, the trend of the trend, right? <clears throat> the derivative is doing something. And to make it just kind of an oversimplifying reference to it, the market is also changing, right? Like if, We thought of the lumber market as a body of water, the ocean crashing to and from the beach, right? We're very used to these long, drawn-out tides. Markets going up for a while, coming off for a while. we've been experiencing over the last year is these teeny, yeah, one crazy tsunami, (laughs) followed by a bunch (laughs) of really short tides, half hour in and out, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And that's that volatility we keep talking about, the waves, right, the runs, They don't look exactly like they used to look. If the lumber buyer at your company retired seven years ago and he asked you about the business, you'd be talking about two completely different ways of procuring lumber. It'd be totally different. Um, So we're kind of in a new age of procurement. As far as, you know, the new norm, the old norm, historic highs. Yes, we are in unbelievably high levels right now. We did get back down to levels we never thought we'd see before last year, last summer, um, you know, so I'm, I'm hesitant to say what normal is. I don't think there is normal anymore. You know, um, yeah. I think discomfort is normal And yeah. the, in the quicker yeah. you get, uh, comfortable being nimble, right. The, the better it is. It's just a, just like, like NBA basketball. I love the NBA more than anything. If you're a Blazers fan and you're listening to this, I'm high-fiving you when we meet in person, right. And my <laughs> favorite thing about NBA basketball is the big man. I grew up with Shaquille O'Neal, looking up to guys like that, Yao Ming. Okay. And now we throw the ball from half court and it goes in.
2: Man, I'm old.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the game, but the game totally changed, right? It went from being yeah. this like big, powerful, drawn out thing to like this crazy, agile, nimble, lethal sort of transaction. And um, the game is just changing, right?
2: Well and it's just I mean the the whole the whole games changed over the past two decades, you know, dating back to the housing collapse, right? I mean we lost so much through our our infrastructure and so much consolidation throughout that period too, you know, and then we we, we come upon this, you know, I think it was stated back in 17 or 18 sort of with the super cycle. And I know mm-hmm. I've touched on this point before, but we were just a little early, right? But we we've been underbuilt for correct for almost two decades and now here we are, right, in a good, strong economy over the past, you know, several years. Um, there's, there's an undenying need for housing. I mean, it can't be more understated. Now, what that housing looks like over the next few years, I, I think we're going to, you know, we'll find
0: out. But. Right. Well, and that really goes to the point I made earlier. And I completely agree. As a country, we're underbuilt. That's why, I mean, I think the young, the young folks are going to find their way into houses regardless but I agree to your point too. the price of houses are ridiculous, right? I don't think uh, every sales office in America week after week, after week is going to be high fiving and popping champagne over what they just sold. Right. Like uh, that euphoric nature over the last couple of years has kind of gone and kind of like you were talking about in the trade. It doesn't feel like those crazy, crazy times. It's much more realistic and measured.
2: The 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 new home buyer buyer looks different today than it used to look too. Totally. Right. It's Mm -hmm. not just a newly married couple that, you know, they're gonna have a baby, and they want to get their first house. Yes, that still exists. I am not saying that, but you know, you've got it's like, oh, my buddy bought a house, and he's gonna rent out two of the rooms, and
0: yeah, it's cool. Like being the Airbnb host is a new, trendy job that was not around <laughs> ten years for ago for sure, and right. that's big, it's different whole towns, right? I've got a a, a friend at a sawmill who just moved to a new sawmill in a new town, and there were zero houses on the market in that town because every home on that market got bought for VbRo and Airbnb. Yeah, well, and there's a lot of big funds that have obviously been capitalizing you know, on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: big players buying up uh, property and right. and housing in itself too. Right, um, that's yeah. always kind of gone on, but it's it's obviously part of it. It's but I'm yeah. I'm definitely bullish on multifamily. There's no doubt about that.
0: Oh yeah, lots of inquiry on that.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, it's just we're gonna need a lot of multifamily. Like multifamily is gonna be the standout for me. Um, I think you're gonna see this ebb and flow with the over the shoulder trade or the you know, the, the, re, the remodel and repair, I mean, that's going to kind of have its ups and downs because you've had a lot of people, a lot of people have ha- have equity in their homes and a lot of people have cashed out that equity and spent it. You know, we've got our stimulus bag. We've been printing money like it's going out of style and people have been cashing out some dough out of their houses and spending. And at some point, that's going to stop. going to catch up. Yeah. I mean, it can't go on forever. So we're long for the ride, wheeling, spoke in the wheel. Yep. <laughs> I'm on the bottom
0: of a tennis shoe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's me. Well, thank you guys for that explanation. I appreciate it. I'll I'll be thinking about the rest of my lumber one hundred and one questions I'd like to ask in coming weeks. Um, I love that.
2: I think it's a great topic, or just you know the life of a wholesaler. Like, what, is, yeah. what do you yeah. do? You know, like what's <laughs> yeah so.
1: Alright. Well, as we start to wrap up here, I just want to make sure you guys have one last opportunity to sort of say what you think our folks should be doing in the next couple of weeks before we get a chance to meet again. What have you guys got to give for us advice for the next couple of weeks?
2: Nothing groundbreaking for me. You know, I think if it, like most folks right now, it's it's a little bit of wait and see. That's how my customers have certainly been. They've got some wood, not a ton, but they've got some and they and they have the uh, the ability to buy some pretty much whenever they want right now. So they're so Uh, That that lack of urgency, I don't uh, necessarily disagree with, I guess. I mean, I I usually kind of say, you know, stay close, obviously, with with those that you trust. But And I would say that would be the same here. I expect over the next couple of weeks, at least in Pine, to uh, kind of, I think we could see some cracks, actually, in, in potential pricing in some items. That's kind of my guess, I guess but I don't think they're going to be big. I think there's some trading levels again that have been established over the last four to six weeks that will bring enough people in on a constant basis to stay with it. And uh, I think there's a lot more work that's got to get done over the next 60 days that hasn't been purchased entirely. Um, so I expect to see good good participation in the market, good strong sales each and every day. Um, so my advice would be, uh, you know, be on the hunt for some deals. And uh, if you feel good about it, it makes sense. And you
0: guys working hard, throw them in order. I love that. Couldn't agree more. And I'd just tack on, hug your logistics person, <laughs> go hug your laborers, right? Go. Uh, it's a great time of the year to throw a company a barbecue and just say, thank you, fill a Yeti cooler with some Gatorades and throw some hot dogs on the grill. You know, your your people are your biggest asset and having sure. good people is so invaluable. And so, you know, who you have and who who's been with you and who's growing with your company and who might join here in two months from now. I think uh, right now is a smart time to invest in your people because they are investing in us for sure. So I would just say that. Be thankful for who's who's riding with you and take care of those that do.
1: That's a fantastic way to wrap up our episode for today. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Uh, Ken, Justin, I really appreciate your continued expertise and enthusiasm. And as always, I've enjoyed our time together, albeit brief, and look forward to our next installment of Lumber Connection.
0: Our pleasure. Thanks, Molly. Thanks, Molly. See you soon. Thank you. This has been a Lumber Connection podcast by SBCA. If you have a question you'd like a guest to answer on a future podcast, send it to podcast at sbcacomponents.com.